a very uh, dark past that I lived in. Uh, so I just want to share a portion I feel I should share today. Um, just a little bit of background about what um, my upbringing is. I uh, grew, in, grew up in California. Um, uh, I have a brother. Uh, my parents were, uh, were there in uh, California for a few generations. Um, my, our heritage in the apostolic ministry goes back towards uh, my great-grandparents. They uh, were uh, given to their life to the Lord back in maybe the early 40s or 50s. And um, my dad was converted and, and my mom was converted through Catholic, um, from Catholicism. Um, and then we were born uh, in the church there as a child. So I grew up there uh, under the pews, as they say, um, seeing the work of God, the power of God, uh, being able to play the drums with my dad as he played the saxophone and uh, you know, worshiping the Lord together. And so I grew up as a child. But, um, as a young child, I began to be very rebellious at a young age. And I would say probably as young as five, six years old, began to really be mischievous. And from that moment on, um, through my childhood years, it really began to go into a rebellious state, uh, even though my parents were continuing in faith. And so uh, as a young teen, well, I would say that even in junior high, I... Uh, pretty much stopped going to school uh, at a very young age and found myself starting out in the gateway, what they call the, the gateway drugs and things that you get into at a very young age. And uh, we lived uh, there in central, in the Central Valley, uh, Northern California, uh, what was a farm town where my parents started out working in the fields with their families. Uh, my great grandmother, actually, my family's actually from Texas, um, Seguin, Texas is where my great-grandmother was born and they, they um, migrated to go work in the fields there in California, work was there. And so we, uh, we grew up there in the valley and it was a farm town, but as it became more, um, the valley began to change in the agriculture that it no longer was work for all those folks. It began to, the to manufacturing, but a lot of the young people there, uh, young kids, they were part of the farm workers' families. Um, all there was there was pretty much gangs and drugs and, and that's what we began to see at a young age even though my parents continued to go um, and be a part of the church we would go to school and uh, we lived there by the train tracks and you see a lot of the uh, box cars that go by and um, on those box cars you see graffiti and as a young kid child eight nine years old you begin to look at all the, the things that are on those um, trains and you begin to want to draw on them so I started drawing and before you know it I got into graffiti and from graffiti into murals, and one thing led to another, and we began to get entangled into um, all kinds of uh, warfare that goes on out there, and in gangs, and, and also organized crime. So at a young age, I, uh, I got involved in that. It was a very uh, troubling time for my parents. I left the house at a young age, and. In that area, there's a, a lot of gang activity, also a lot of classic cars and cruising, and that's uh, what, what was a part of it. And so we were into that culture and got very much entangled with that. And, and with all the organized crime that was going on there, uh, as a young teen, I found my place in a, myself in a dark place with spiritual realm and uh, came to a crossroad. I was about 18 years old. I had met my 
wife at the time. We weren't married, but I'd met her then and and uh, came to a crossroad in the decision that I was supposed to make, whether I was going to give my life to the darkness that was out there or that I was going to turn my heart. And at that point, I'd never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, I grew up there and seeing the power and the move of God on my, as my younger childhood. But... Um, I just thought it wasn't for me. So when I came to the point, I said, this may be the way I'm supposed to be in this dark place. I stood at it and saw it face to face. And I made a decision that night that I was not going to give my life to that darkness. So I, I drove home that night, and I'm just condensing it a little bit here. A lot that God had done and throughout the time, even as a child, reminded me of God's faithfulness as we sung today. Um, but I went down and went to my wife and I fell down on my knees and I began to cry and I said I'm done I was about 18 years old the next morning I went down to a church meeting and uh, fell down on the altar there and lifted up my hands and the Lord filled me with the Holy Spirit for the first time I remember being 18 years old and or I was 20 years old I'm sorry and I and I began to just think this is what it's this is what I've been missing the whole time and I had such a zeal and a hunger for God but there wasn't a context to be able to keep that love that God was pouring into my heart. And um, the church had been struggling, and the young people at that time, and um, the youth in that, in that time that I, I grew up as a child, being to, as a young person, were all fall, falling away. And so for a short time, I, there was such a love that I had for the Lord, but I um, found myself uh, really starting to slip away. But in that moment when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, my wife and I were married under the pastor there at the time, and the Lord had His hand on us and kept us, and we were married in the church there for, for the brief time that we were there, about a year. So my wife and I were a young married couple, and, um, and we began to start a family, but we had slipped away shortly after, back into the ways that we were involved with. And, um, you know, I felt like the Lord had given me my wife uh, shortly after our son was born um, and I wanted to try to keep what God was giving me even though I had fallen away and I said Lord I don't want to be plain uh, you know playing with church in a sense you know we, we know going to a building at the time is all we knew you go to a building you don't want to play church and I said Lord I, I, if I could be cold that you would reach me God I, I fell away I struggled where I was at I was working seven days a week uh, mid-shift, they call it a swing shift out of manufacturing, and uh, and I I couldn't make it to the building. You know, we had such the understanding that we had was there's a, there's a building that we go to on a, on a Sunday or Wednesday, and if we can't make it there, God is there, then we must be falling away. And I said, God, I, I want to be, I want to give my whole heart, but I'm not there, and it hurt. And I, I remember feeling the falling away, and I, it was such a scary and a, a falling. You almost feel like you're falling out of some, out of the kingdom of God. You, it's such a scary place and so I wanted to try to keep what God had given me and my wife and my son was born but um, little by little I began to seep back into the things that I was involved with with drugs and dealings and and um, a violent life and I try to maintain uh, my family maintain uh, raising my son and um, and keep that aside from what was going on in my life and work a job, a nine-to-five in a sense, but still be a part of other things that were going on, on, on 
on the, on the side there of, of drugs and dealings and stuff and organized crime. So as my our daughter was born shortly after, uh, my wife uh, began to start a career uh, that she really wanted in uh, cosmetology. And before I know it, her, her life and my life began to really separate, even though we were in the same house. Our son and our daughter were growing up now and at a very young age. My son, uh, I, I just wanted him to be able to be what they call streetwise and also prepared for, for the concrete jungle that's out there. So it was a very dark mentality that I had of pride and looking out for the things around us, the culture and all this going on. And so I raised my son at a very young age. Um, he, d he wasn't able to be a boy. You know, I raised him at a very young age to watch out for all that's going on out there and basically watch him be my eyes for me. And so it was a very, looking back at it, very devastating to see what kind of person I was towards my, my son and my daughter and my, and my wife. And so as time went on, my parents, you know, continued in faith and I always yearned to want to be back and be a part of the church. And there was always a deep yearning in my heart to, to be there, but I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And at this point, my children are now going to um, um, recreational sports and traveling. And my wife and I, she grew up in a very um, rough neighborhood. I would say even rougher than mine, her background and generations of being in, involved in that. Um, so we wanted to do a little bit better, even though we knew we were supposed to be in the church and um, we still wanted to be in a nicer area and in a better school district. So we moved into a nicer neighborhood, worked hard, trying to do right and raise our kids right, but knowing that we were all apart. And um, so they're traveling and we're in sports and education and their education, we feel like it's good. And, and she's in her career and I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And on the outside, we feel like we have some kind of family and we're doing things right but in the inside a very dark dark place I began to to, to fall into so began to be very strong in alcohol and back into drugs and um, blacking out a lot and being involved in, in the drinking and there wasn't a time where I guess I could say I was sober for up through my childhood teenage and throughout my adulthood I was ever sober and couldn't sit at a table like this and be able to communicate with people. And a very hard, uh, just a strong fist and a very cold mentality towards anybody who did wrong to, to us. And so a mentality came into our family or those that I was with and affiliated with that we were above the law. And um, just giving them a, a, a context of a background of what God brought me out of. So I just want to just to try not to go too far into it. But, it was something very intense about the lawlessness that we felt like we had, that we were above the law and we weren't, uh, we didn't have to abide by that. We had our own rules and a very uh, scary place to be in for your family because at any moment things can change very quickly and knowing the cost that it could come with that. And so I've seen a lot of, seen death around me and a lot of, um, a lot of um, just brutal things. and. Uh, so all that drugs and alcohol was doing was to try to wash that away and try to put that behind me and not, not see it, not feel it, and just continue on. There came a point in 2015 that I was pretty much losing everything, my family, relationships, and um, I, I wanna highlight a certain point. Um, there was something that I was feeling 
uh, very aggressive about and thing in a certain area. And my son, he brought it up to me and he says, Dad, and he's about 13 at the time. He said, Dad, if you do this, he knew because I kept him involved with what, some of the things and so just because he was there and it was something that he was around and if you do this and you get caught, you'll lose us. And when he said that, it, it, it hit me in my heart because I knew that my son really felt like he didn't want to lose. He didn't want us to fall apart. And, and it hit me. And even in that little thing that he had spoken, it really got in my heart about, what am I doing? Even in my drunken stupor, my, my medicated stupor and all that was going on, I felt something say, what am I doing? And I had gotten an injury. Uh, my thumb here has pins and a plate screws at the job I was working at, it's manufacturing, and I was a mechanic there, and um, part of a electrical panel fell on my hand and crushed it. And uh, so I was injured at the time, and I was also in this medicated place, and I had um, gotten in some altercation with, um, with family and others, and I was just in a very dark, dark, dark place. Where, well, what's gonna, what's, where am I gonna go from here? It's all falling apart. I have nothing. Had already had my heart had turned away from family members. Had had basically had cut off relationship with family members for the rest of my life. And I felt that. And so in this darkness that I was in, searching and yearning about what was going to happen with me, I knew death was at every corner. Lost what I called good friends at the time. And um, as I was in this dark, dark place. I had a dream, and I was in this dream, and it was God's glory. It was beautiful, it was gold, it was pure, it was light, and it began to shine on me. And as I was in the dream, no word was said, but just the glory of God began to shine upon me. And when I woke up, I said, God, you're calling me. I'm in a dark place. I mean, I'm in this wretched place in this darkness and and you're calling me I mean it was such a clear word a call from God in his glory I said God you're calling me what do I do what am I supposed to do so I opened my phone you know always on the phone into time and I downloaded a Bible app all my Bibles and study Bibles and books um, to referencing and study Bibles, uh, Strong's, Strongest of Strong's, I gave it to my dad. When I'd fallen away, my, you know, here are all these. So I'd been 14 years. So I downloaded the Bible app and began to read the Word, and my heart was yearning because I knew God was calling me. His Word was going to speak to me. And so as I began to sit there at the manufacturing warehouse that the Lord had given me that job and that's another testimony but he'd opened the doors to to give me that job after I had faced um, prison time and they had dropped all charges and the miracle and that um, I'd gotten that job and um, I'd worked there up until we moved here so been there 19 years um, but I was sitting there in, in between the machines and as I was reading the word the scripture in Jeremiah 17 where it talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it and it says I the Lord search your heart and I try your reins 
even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doings. And the Lord, for the first time in my life, and I heard the, the voice of God so clear say, I am searching your heart and I will give you according to your ways. And as I sat there, I mean, it was so clear. I said, God, I'm turning my heart to you. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen with all these relationships that I have and all this going on. I don't know what it's going to even look like, Lord, but I'm going to turn my heart to you. If you have spoken to me, what you will give me according to my ways. Then if all I want is you, Lord, and you bring me out, then I will have you. You promised me that word that came to me. So I said, God, I'm giving you my heart. Shortly after, I was in my home and nobody was there. And I fell down on my face next to my room. I mean, next to my bed in my room. And as I fell on my face, the Lord renewed me in His Spirit. Filled me with His Spirit. And I was crying there in my room and thanking the Lord. Because I was coming home. And I was back alive from the grave. I mean, it was like Lazarus. It was like beyond death. And it even been said to me that we uh, we thought you'd never make it back. But uh, there I was, renewed, alive, filled, and just saying, where do I go from here? What What just happened? And so my parents began to recognize first. They saw and they said, we're fasting. Would you like to join us? And I hadn't gone to the church um, fellowship that they were part of yet. I hadn't gone there. I was still in my home, but I said, yes, I'll join you. So I began to fast and began to pray and began to listen to old preachings and teachings and hungry and desiring and praying and the Lord washing me in His Word, renewing me every day. And there came a day that my wife and I sat down and... Uh, at the table and looked at each other and she says who are you I don't know who you are and it almost seemed like she was a little bit concerned and disturbed because she didn't recognize me and all the busyness is going I'm seeking I'm praying I'm hungry I'm crying God thank you Lord thank you for bringing me back to life bringing me back home where I'm supposed to be and she says I don't know who you are I can't recognize you I don't know who you are and it was very clear at that point. It was two different places that we were in. And so I would believe in faith that God was going to do it. So I began to go into the church fellowship that we were a part of then. And, and as I began to drive to these services, um, the enemy would tell me, you would hear this voice, you made it, but your family will not make it. And at that moment, I began to rebuke the enemy. I said, you're a liar. And I began to declare the name of the Lord Jesus. I said, Lord, I declare your name over them. And I began to pray with my parents, and we would pray together and declare the name of the Lord over our families. And as they were asleep, my, my family would be asleep. Um, I would lay hands on them. They wouldn't know. You know, I'd s s softly just put my hand there, and I began to pray quietly over them and declare the name of the Lord over my wife. I'd go and pray in my, over my son and my daughter. When they're at school, I'd go pray in their rooms. I would lay hands on everything and declare and believe that God, your faithfulness, as you're speaking, Lord, that he will restore 
what had been taken away. And uh, it had been spoken over me that what the canker worm was going to eat up is going to be restored to me. And that the Lord will rewind the time, but He will also fast forward the time. And I believed every word, step by step, God, lead me, Lord. And one of the one of the hard realities that I faced is during this journey and my steps back to the Lord, I began to recognize that the church was no longer this what it was years ago when I was first there and filled with the Spirit. And I grew up un, in the pew, as I said, and felt and seen the power of God move even as a baby and as a child. But I recognized something when the Lord had brought me back that it was not the same. And I just said, God, you brought me back to life from a dark place of dungeon and darkness and broke the chains that were on me. You brought me back for something greater. You, I believe, God, there's something more that you're doing that I don't even understand, Lord. But God, you're going to do it. You're going to show me. I did not believe what I was seeing there. I said, this is not the plumb line of God's word. I can, I'm not seeing there's something missing. And so I began to yearn and pray and came under brothers and sisters that love the Lord. And uh, we're still walking full of faith and believing God. Shortly after, this was 2016, I was renewed in the Spirit at the end of 2015. And I'd spoken about this injury because it's going to come into the testimony here in a little bit. But in 2016, I was now maybe a month and a half filled with the Spirit, walking and seeking the Lord. And um, my dad came to myself, my mom and I, and he said, I, um, I'm not feeling well. No, I need to go see the doctor, and I've been having a lot of pains, and just want you to come with me. So we go. We go in to get scanned, his scans, and check, check his body, and they came back and said, Sir, you just want to sit down. We want to tell you that your body is completely full of cancer from head to toe, in your bones, in every part of your body. You are stage four, and you should not be walking or talking and be here with us like this. And my dad said, it's okay, I have Jesus. And here is my dad. You know, i just been reconciled to a relationship with my parents. And, uh, and my dad's full of faith. And uh, so we began to pray for healing. Pray, what is God's will for my dad? He's uh, 56 years old at the time. Um, began to pray that God would do His will. And at the same time, him and I began to grow this relationship now and pray and seek the Lord together. And it's a wonderful time. And uh, my dad's birthday is April 23rd. He was born in 1959. And he had been inviting a lot of his family. We come from a very large family. He has 10 siblings, and my mom has 11 siblings. But he wanted to invite all his family to come for his 57th birthday. And uh, this is the year before. And so he wanted to have this birthday where they all could come together. So now we're three months out from his birthday, four months. This is January of 2016. And my dad was a good-sized man, about 250. And uh, I began to see my dad go down to 100 pounds, you know, 90 pounds frail. And in that time, there was a, there was a brother who was a missionary, and um, he had a relationship with my uncle, who's also here in Texas with us. Uh, he began to 
visit with my dad and at the same time also share about a community to my uncle and his family that he had met. And um, this brother began to come into our life and visit my dad. Uh, that he really hadn't spent time with or known too much, too well, but the Lord had sent him there to prepare my dad. And so this brother would come and sit down into our living room and begin to share about God's goodness and his testimony all around the world. And we were in awe of God's goodness and the word that was going forward. And this brother loved us with the love of God so dear and ministered to my dad week after week, preparing him. And so it was about March. Uh, my dad was now frail going into April. And it was clear, and I felt the Lord um, telling us he was going to go home. It was time. And so we're about a week out from his birthday. And he's no longer eating. He's no longer talking. Um, we've been caring for him. And there have been miracles in their home. People have been visiting him. Uh, healings, you know. God been doing work and then family visiting, but now he's no longer communicating and it's we're getting ready for him to go. So we're we're in my parents' home and my mom and I were, you know, we would turn him over and move him and he was very frail and, and no longer communicating and full of faith at the time, you know, all the way to the end. And as I was sitting there and in my parents' home and all that is transpiring, I mean, it's five months since I've been renewed in His Spirit. And I felt God put on my heart to pray because it was such a somber feeling uh, about my dad. And there was my, my nieces were in the home and my children were there. My wife was there. And it wasn't what God wanted. There was something that God wanted to do and, and to continue in our family. There was something powerful of God's faithfulness that, that we're speaking of that he wanted to bring it to pass. And so I got everybody together and I said, let's, uh, let's pray. I feel like we, should, we need to pray right now. And so just in our, in our living room there, we began to pray and, and within seemed like seconds to a minute, the Holy, the Holy Spirit just completely fell and settled and filled my mom and dad's home. I mean, it completely filled it to the point that my wife was renewed in the spirit then. My nieces were stammering in lips and my son was jumping up and down and trembling in the spirit. So I began to lay hands on every one of them from the, from the youngest to the oldest, began to lay hands on all my family. And I felt that the, my nieces and my children would go pray for my dad. I said, go pray for your grandpa. So. You see the spirit and you see them in their nature. They're, they're crying and crying because they want grandpa. You know, they're crying. Here's grandpa's going, getting ready. They don't understand. But in the spirit, you could see the power of God moving through their prayers. It was a powerful something to see. And then the spirit of God settled. And my mom and I went to go to touch my dad to bring him and move him. And when we touched him, his eyes opened. And he looked at us and I said, Dad, it's okay, we're praying. And at that moment, my dad stood up in his frailness and his bones. And he called each of us one by one and began to lay hands on us. And he went from the youngest and he went and called each one and called each one and laid hands and prayed over each one of us. And he went to my 
to my children, to my nieces, and then he went to my wife and to me, and I squeezed my dad because I knew this was the last time I was going to hug him. And I embraced him, and I almost hurt him because I was so hugging him, and it was so powerful. I was holding my dad, and, and then he went to my mother, and they held each other there for a moment. And I even got to take a picture of it because they were holding each other for, for that moment and embrace each other. And he sat down and he said, he said, what a wonderful journey. And to see my babies in the Holy Ghost. And at that moment as I sat there in the presence of God, I was trembling. I was in awe. It was, it was as, as it says, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I was shaken to the core. I said, oh God, oh God, I'm not sitting here because of, I was wretched. I was in darkness. I'm sitting here because of your faithfulness, Lord. I'm sitting here because of your faithfulness to my dad, to my mom, to my grandparents, my great-grandparents. So we lifted up our hands and we began to worship. And three days later, as we were singing a cappella and praying and worshiping the Lord, my dad took a soft, beautiful breath with biggest tears that could flow down his eyes and went on with the Lord. And you could feel the ushering away of the angel. It was so beautiful. So we lifted up our hands in worship. Now I have my mother, you know, he had before when he was still speaking, took my hand and care for your take care of your mother. And um so I have my mother now, and here we are. My dad is on with the Lord, and he's restored me. There's, a, there's more that you're calling for us, God. There's more that you're doing, your desire. What I feel in my heart, Lord, is something great you want to do in us, God. What I'm feeling in my heart, Lord, do it. And so this brother, this missionary brother that, was, that came into our lives, we would sit, and he says, I want you and I to continue what your dad and I have I want to meet with you and so we met and we would spend time together and pray in those times uh, being together dear brother love him so much he uh, he shared with me he says I want to tell you about a community and uh, he says where there's still hope there's a great falling away that's happening there's a great battle, but there's still hope. And uh, I want you to pray about your family visiting. You know, I had been speaking to my uncle. My uncle's been speaking to us about this community and, and relationships begin to build in my uncle's family's life. And, and he says, uh, I want you to pray about it, but that you all can visit this community in Texas. And uh, I said, Amen. Well, I'll I'm going to pray. And so, uh, as a year began to go on, my wife was renewing the spirit, but that was very much a struggle um, with her career and also feeling like you could participate in Christianity and be accepted as you are and be able to do as you do, but still feel like you're okay right there. And it was not what God wanted. And I knew there was so much more God wanted to call us to. But we had only... Um, I, for my family, we had only left uh, 
California a few times of our life. One was in Bible quizzing and the other on a trip to Mexico with my family when I was a young kid. And so to go into Texas is like going to another country, for us at least, you know. And so I began to pray in faith that God was, if it was His will, we would meet these brothers in, in, in the community in Texas. So back to this injury, um, it was something that I had said, Lord, you'll take care of it. I mean, my heart was being turned. I uh, said, God, whatever it is for your will for this, this hand, this injury in my work that I'm doing, um, it's in your hands and left it there. And so we were coming down to the end of October of 2016. My dad is no longer with us. Um, we're going to be coming to Thanksgiving and there's a Thanksgiving fair. And so this is a time, it's a perfect time because I've never been without my dad and now this is the time we can go and be in Thanksgiving with someone and um, some folks that we had been, we heard about. So I was praying and I was getting laid off from my job because it was seasonal, it was connected to, it was connected to can, it was a can manufacturing and we, so the food and all the um, agriculture and all that was filled in there, it was seasonal. So sometimes during the end of the year it would get slow and they would lay us off. So I was getting laid off. I wasn't going to have any money. Um, the fair is still coming, and I feel like we should be going. This is what the man of God that was there in my dad's life had spoken to me, and I believed it full of faith that this word that he had spoken was the Lord. I get a call one morning, and it's the, the case that was looking over my hand, and they left me a message, and they said, Mr. Amador, we... Uh, looked at your case and settled on it and we sent you a check in the mail it should be there next week and I uh, so go ahead and check it anything you have any questions give us a call and I knew instantly then the Holy Ghost I provided a way for you so I called my family in from where they were outside and I said um, let's pray because God did something for us we're gonna go to a fair and we prayed there and my wife still her heart hadn't turned yet and so wondering what are we going to Texas for a fair for? You know, uh, there's many fairs in California. Um, why go to Texas for a fair? You know, we think maybe sometimes Ferris wheels or something. So why are we going? And so I threw in the Grand Canyon, you know, let's go on a trip. And so let's go to the Grand Canyon. Let's take the kids on a trip. We'll go to the fair. So we hop in the car, my uncle's family's coming, my, these, this brother and his family are coming and we're all gonna come to the fair in 2016. So we take the road trip and we stopped at the Grand Canyon and it was nice, but my heart was set to be with the brothers. And so we pulled in late night. Um, a brother met us uh, down there in front of the cafe. Big smile, full of life, follow me. And he takes us down to, to the family's home, and uh, we pull in. We go down this dirt road, and we're maybe almost one in the morning. And we we never stood at anyone's home, you know. We never even been to Texas. And so here we are walking into this home. Here is this family with giant smiles, and they're welcoming us, bright and ready, and just excited. And here's your rooms, and there's just. The room was set up really nice, and this this is yours, and they're just smiling. I mean, happy, and so I told my family, you know, this is where we're staying, and you know, 
still quite not, you know, fully or heart all the way committed and just in our hearts together and united. And so, like, well, what, what, where are we? I said, just, just a moment, just stay here. And I'm, uh, this brother's going to take me. He wants to show me around. It's at one in the morning. It's the day before Thanksgiving. And so there's pre fair preparations. So I get in the vehicle with the brother, and immediately I knew when I looked at this, this man that he was my brother. I just looked at him and I said, this is my brother. I don't know these people, but I know that this is my brother. I felt the kindred spirit. So he takes me around the property. And I see all these people working. It's like 1.30 in the morning and they're just going and working and laboring and I'm in awe. And I said, what is this place? So the next morning I come back. My family's still there where I left them. Had to move an inch. It was just kind of like, well, where are we? You know, I mean, it was just this raw, just relationships that we, you just had to trust that, that the Lord spoke, the Lord is leading us to it, and we can believe in it. And I said, it's going to be okay. So the next morning we, we wake up and have coffee with the brother, and we go have uh, Thanksgiving uh, dinner with families down on the lower land and, and meet brothers and sisters begin to recognize that there's there's a brother here that's just like me. He's coming out he, he came out of some dark things too and the streets and all kinds of stuff and the Lord put me right there with him immediately. And I really recognize that God, these people are from all ends of the earth and all parts of the world, Lord, there's something powerful here. Still didn't understand it. So we went through the fair and walked around and I mean they loved on us and cared for us and the delicious food and the music and fellowship and that we came to an end and uh, we all got in our car and we know the feeling when we begin to come to these relationships it, the hardest thing is to say goodbye or I'll, or I'll see you again and uh, I remember being in our car and driving off and getting down just down the road and I just said, God, how is it that my heart is full and overflowing? And we've been in a home, they have children, many children, and our hearts are full and running over. How is this happening? This is impossible unless it's you. You know, you'll know them by their fruits and how they have love, how they love one, one another, you know. So we drove, and that drove that drive all the way back to California was, I mean, God was just moving in my heart. Just, I just encountered God in a mighty way. And so this was in 2016. And at that moment, I felt like we had, you know, some literature, and to, the brother had blessed us and given us some to study and to grow and I'm like, well, Lord, this is what you may have for us here in California. And uh, it was a very trying time because it was not so. There's, a, there's an author and a finisher of faith. There's an, an order and authority that is God that he orders. And so as I go back and part of ministry and uh, begin to try to share this, uh, it was very clear that there was something broken. It was not able to remain. And became very, very weary. For about a year, 
uh, year and a half, and no really much contact. Um, became very weary, trying and pressing and praying. And God, you've shown me this wonderful place, and you sh you've given me your word and literature to study into. God, so I'm praying and ministry and doing all I can and uh, prison ministries and men ministries and family ministries and became very weary but at the same time noticing that we weren't growing together you know my family my wife was renewed in spirit my my son and my daughter are now part of you know youth groups and things and um, but there was something about an unequally yoked it began to drive my us in places still not bringing us together what God wants us to do and I said this is not Lord I seen it I seen the pattern of it I seen God your uprightness and uh, so I was very weary and I laid down one day in my weariness of, of trying to do God's will and seeing the brokenness that is out there uh, that is not remaining an abiding presence of God in our lives I had another dream, and the Lord in this dream spoke to me the word and revelations of, of, about, I know your works, and I've set before you an open door, and no man can shut it, for you have a little strength, but you've kept my word, and you have not denied my name. And I ran down to my family there in the home, and I went down there downstairs, and I said, God just spoke to me. And he said, we have an open door that no man can shut. And I didn't understand what that meant, but I said, God, I believe it. Whatever it is that you're opening for us, I'm hungry and I'm desiring. I'm desperate for you, Lord. At the same time, my uncle had mentioned to me about a conference. What we know is the conferences that have been going on, um, a teaching conference. And he says, you know, you got to pray about visiting and uh going and so I was praying and a brother called me and he says um, I'd like to invite you uh, you will stay with us and uh, we want to have you come with us to this, to this conference and I said yes I'd like to go so flew out and it was uh, midweek through the conference because of my work requirements I could not make it at the beginning but it was going to be Wednesday when I would fly in so I leave my family there in California in 2018 and uh, what they call the symposium and, and so I uh, flew in to Dallas and I get in a car and here's these brothers same smile that I saw when I first walked in at midnight or one in the morning in that family big huge smiles and they greeted me I get in the car and we begin to share and speak God's Word see and before, as we go through our our life and, and, and the churches that are going on, and it's like you're too serious. Do we have to talk about God all the time? But if He's the one who brought me back to life, who else do I talk about? And so I just wanted brothers that would speak of God's goodness and speak of His Word and live the life in God and carry and, 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 and declare His name in everything they do. Where are these brothers? And I had seen them and encountered them in 2016. So now in 18, I'm in this car with these group of brothers. These are real brothers. They're natural brothers, these young men. And 
we're talking about the word of the Lord and the goodness of God. And I mean, the word of the Lord is just moving in our hearts and you feel it. It's powerful. I sit down with the family and meet them for the first time. And after we're done with dinner, he says, would you like to go to the prayer room? And I say, yes, I, I want to go to the prayer room. And for me, I wanted to see the prayer room because when you see a prayer room full of people praying in the spirit, crying out to God, seeking God, you know, there's, there's evidence there of God, people that are hungry to do God's will. And the prayer rooms are becoming empty and this falling away. So I really wanted to see this prayer room. So he takes me to the prayer room, I step in. And I mean, the power of God and the Spirit of God moving in this prayer room. I mean, it was so powerful. And I hear these brothers praying and praying in the Spirit, just interceding and praying. And I mean, it was, I said, yes, Lord, I'm here. So we go into the meeting and every word that we spoke was continually moving in the meeting. And I mean, I'm encountering God in the flesh that I did not know. I mean, this is the reality of God. So I go through these teachings and I'm talking, it was the unveiling. I mean, it was the scales that coming off my eyes. It was, I was, I was Saul of Tarsus, you know, had such a zeal, but the Lord began to show me your Saul, but this body is Ananias and they will lay their hands on you and these scales will come off your eyes. At the end of this conference, as the brothers begin to, we had a, uh, a dinner together. Three brothers stood up and began to say, I have an open door. I set an open door before you and no man can shut it. And right then the Lord confirmed that word that he spoke to me. This is the promise, God. This is the promise that you spoke to these people. And you're calling me into this promise. So the, the, um, they have the... Uh, the music program um, or songs at the end of the week and uh, standing there at the end of the, the program and the brother was going to take me back to the airport and he says just stay here and I'll go get the vehicle and I'll come by and pick you up but just stay here as long as you can I know your, your flight is a little early so you'll be here during rehearsal but just stay here as long as you can and I'll, I'll be outside and so as I sat there at the end of the songs, and I mean, I couldn't even see. I mean, my eyes are just pouring. And I stood up and I went into the foyer there of the Santa Fe Hall. And as I looked back in and I can see the singing in the choir, the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is my people. and This is home. And I said, God, this is home. I want to be here. God, this is home. This is your people. This is my people, Lord. Where they are, I will be. Whatever you call me to do, I will do. So I get on the flight and I fly back to California. Renewed. New and changed. Transformed. And I fly in and my family picks me up. And my wife doesn't recognize me again. <laughs> It's like they're looking at me and there's just this stranger is in who are you and what happened to you? You know, it was like, I mean, it was kind of a strange feeling because it's like, I'm new. There's, 
I'm being transformed. The power of God and His Word. And I'm being transformed when I come back to my family. They don't recognize me. So they began the journey of believing that every high mountain will come down. And so I would drive into the countryside. You know, we're in the valley there. It's not a big city, but it's still a urban city next to the Bay Area. And um, so I would drive to the countryside. I would go to the prison there and uh, visit and spend time with brothers that are in there. And uh, I would cry out. I said, God, I want to be with your people. I want to be with your people. And how? And I just, and then grace. The grace of God came over me so strong and so powerful and said, in my weakness, I'm just pouring out God, how is this going to happen? The grace of God came and came over me and rested upon me. I knew it was going to be okay. I believed the promise. I believed every word. Every word would not go void as we had sung, as Brother brother Nathan was sharing. It will not go void, but it will go and do what it's called to do. And I believed it and uh, believed it for my wife and for my children, for my mother, who is now a widow. And so shortly after, uh, I felt like it was time. And the Lord spoke to me. It was time to, to spend a season in our home. So we would be a home church I guess you would say and, um, so we went into our home and uh, really you know seeking God of what were the next steps for us to, to do and we flew out again in 2018 for uh, for a fair to be with the brothers and this time I, my heart is excited because you know we're our, our new relationships I mean throughout the conference all the knitting of our lives and our hearts together God was, you, you feel the master craftsman's hand working in us and knitting us and joining us and the testimony and the power and the change and a brother stood up and cried out to God, Abba Father, and filled with the Holy Spirit and I mean it was God, you're doing it for the of the world and this is the promise that you're calling us to. This is not some other God that my dad and my grandfather and my great grandmother served. This is the same God revealing his name to us in a greater way. Revealing himself to us. So we were in our home, and uh, it was a an ordered time, and it was amazing. And shortly after, our son had faced some decisions in his life at 17 years old because of the upbringing he he was raised in as a as a young child and never get, got to be a child. He was already in, in a lot of that ways that I had raised him in, and it hurt me because I had another uh, I had a nephew who was like a son to me. Um, it was. It was. They were like brothers. They were about a year apart. It was through my wife's side. It was um, my brother-in-law's boy, and uh, these two young boys were always with me, and they went through a lot. But one of the boys really wasn't. Wasn't really. He was struggling with it. But, but uncle, what about the life we were supposed to be doing? What we were doing, you know, in the old time. And my son is there, and he's looking, and he's 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 opening his heart, and and. We weren't able to continue that with my nephew, got in, uh, involved in a lot of things out there, but my son began to take some steps, and he was facing some decisions in his life. And um, at a very young age, the Lord began to open and work in his heart and open the door for him in Idaho with the brothers. And um, I talked to them, and he flew out, and he 
got to spend some time with them there. And we had met a few of the brothers there in Idaho. They had stopped in into our home in California, um, knocked on our door to visit us, and we hadn't met them, but they, two brothers and their wives stopped in and opened the door, and here's these big smiles again, these glowing faces and smiles that are happy, and they came into our home, and the Spirit of God moved, and we felt the kindred Spirit of God moving in us. And so something God was leading us to in relationships to to be able to travel to Idaho. It was about seven. It was 15 hour drive to Idaho. In Texas, it was 24 hours, and we would drive straight through sometimes to Texas. And so we were willing to be able to take those drives. But the Lord had opened the door for our son to be there with the brothers in Idaho, and I I love those brothers, and thankful for those brothers and sisters that loved us, the ministry that God had done in our lives, and we traveled. Uh, for a year, almost about a year, visiting the brothers there. And it was a, an ordered time and a, and a wonderful time to be with those brothers and sisters there. And uh, God did an amazing work in his own time as we would get on the road and journey there and be with them. But then COVID came around in 2020, and it seemed like things were closing in on us uh, in a sense of, California was shutting down. Uh, they were not going to let people really be out. You needed a paper to be able to to go to work and uh, be free to go and do because um, everything's locked down. You needed to have this paper and really steering people to be uh, peer pressure to be able to keep people indoors and not go out. And uh, you just felt this closing in. But for me, I, I always held fast to the word that God had spoken about an open door and no man can shut it. And so we began to pray and believe that 2020 was going to be the year. This was in 2019, a year before that. We began to ride on our, on our boxes in our home 2020 as we began to pack up one drawer at a time. 2020. We believe it, Lord. We believe it's going to happen. And my, heart, my, my wife's heart was, was knit and turned into our, my heart in that time. And God began to do a work and my my son's now with the brothers in Idaho and then flew back to be with the brothers in Texas and God's doing an amazing work in his heart and in my mother and in her home and God and the relationships that were happening and the things that needed to be worked out and that we feel that God is continuing to work in this day. Uh, the promises it will go to all our family. But um, God was working it all out. And so in, in uh, 2020, um, the Lord opened the door for us and... Uh, we got a call and said, we have a home and we have a job for you all. And if you all want to come to Texas, um, there's a place here for you. And I mean the promise and the faithfulness of God that we felt. You know, through this, the trial and the fire, Lord, try us. Search our hearts, God. Try us, Lord, our ways, God. That we really mean it. Does it really mean something to us? Is it going to cost everything to us, Lord? Do you mean everything to our hearts, Lord, that we would surrender all? And so in August of 2020, the Lord opened another door that a, a dear brother, and I know, always tell me, just walk through that door that God opens it for you. You don't got to push it, but just walk through that open door. And so we walked through the open door. In August of 2020, we moved here. And to this day, I want to walk through those open doors of God's faithfulness that he's been to my family that we are not supposed to be here 
and through all that, that I went through in my life, knowing that God's faithfulness remained through the prayers of His saints, that He is faithful. He's faithful to keep what you've trusted into your, to His hands, that He will do what He said He will do. So that is just briefly uh, a testament of what God has done in our lives and brought us to this place. So now we are part in an abiding presence of God in our lives, in our relationships, hungry and desiring to see God's will fulfilled. And we did not arrive. We know there's more that God is showing us. There's more that God's calling us to. But we're hungry. And we're growing to this day. Our relationships, our family, our lives together. And I'm thankful for all the dear brothers and sisters that loved us from every community and every place here that loved us and received us here. And the relationships that God has given us now. How precious and how dear that God has given us His faithful love to us. Even when we weren't deserving of it. Even in those dark places and the trying times that I was in, God was still there. And truly it says today, if you will hear His voice. Truly, that His word is true when it says today, if you will hear His voice, God. And I heard His voice and I said, God, today I hear Your voice. I won't harden my heart. And Your promises are yes and amen. So great is His faithfulness. Great is His name. Amen.